Hi, this is Soraka Recovery. And this is Will. And this is Angie Meadows. We are in John chapter 10. We're talking about the Good Shepherd today and how his sheep hear his voice. Number one, John 10, 1. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. Okay, so so what's the characteristics of a thief? A thief also refers to a false teacher who does not care to instruct people, but abuses their confidence for gain. Ooh, we got a lot of those in the world, don't we? Definitely. Abuses their confidence. Verily, verily, or truly, truly, means doubly sure, I say unto you. It expresses complete authority. And a sheepfold is a low building, open at the top, surrounded by a stone wall or a fence, and a layer of thorns on top. It has a guarded door and is a place to rest at night safely. So I I believe, John... uh, that John's referring to a place of safety in Jesus with the shepherd. So let's see what verse 2 says. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. So who enters the door of the sheepfold? The shepherd. Yeah, the shepherd. So let's see what the next verse says. To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Okay, so who's the porter? The doorkeeper. Yeah, does the sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd? Yeah? Yes. The sheep hear his voice. And why do the sheep follow the shepherd? He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. He knows them. Yeah, he knows them and they know him. So. When Mary went to the tomb and was talking to Jesus, she thought he was the um, she thought he was the gardener, and he spoke her name. He said Mary, and as soon as he spoke her name, she knew exactly who he was. So when the shepherd calls your name, you're going to know who he is. Uh, shepherds even name their sheep, and the sheep will even respond to their name just like a puppy or a dog will. So let's see who leads the sheep. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Okay. So the shepherd leads the sheep, and the sheep will follow the shepherd. Now, will they follow a stranger? Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Oh, Lord, help us to flee from the voice of a stranger when it's a voice that is not familiar to us. When it's a voice of the enemy, help us to recognize the confusion. So if there's a lot of confusion in my life, Will, I know it's not the voice of the shepherd. There's not that confusion in Christ. I know I'm sitting in a in a place of conflict where I just got to remember the last thing the Lord told me to do. I got to dig my heels into the Word. I've got to shift my focus off of the temporal circumstances onto Christ. I got to start speaking truth. So now let's look at what a parable is. Jesus used this illustration, but they did not understand these things which he spoke to them. So a parable is a short, fictitious story that illustrates a moral attitude or a religious principle. So it's telling you that the shepherd's coming in 
in a legitimate way. He's not using violence. He's not using manipulation. He's not using coercion. He's not a robber. He's not going to embezzle from you. He's not going to falsely accuse you. But a shepherd's coming in with gentleness, a gentle hand to lead and guide you. So thieves will pretend to be shepherds, but then they will use bullying or violence. And shepherds are transparent and accountable to others. They don't have any fear of being questioned about their motives. Uh, They're also protectors. The sheep will not trust or follow a stranger. And, you know, well, we must, you know, the Bible compares believers to be like sheep. (laughs) You know, all like sheep. We've all gone astray. We've all followed his own way. So if I'm not following my shepherd, I'm probably following my own way. And I know it because of the confusion. So the shepherds will lead the sheep. He'll lead them to safe pasture. Parables of heaven are heavenly stories with earthly meanings. And there's many parables throughout the throughout the New Testament that Jesus gives. And it's so that he can hide uh, meaning in these verses that only those who believe can understand. So let's look at some things to ponder. Who are the thieves in your life that come to you through illegitimate means. Yeah, who's coming and demanding and bullying and coercing. They may even be coming with sweet, kind words and pulling on your empathic uh, strings and um, asking for mercy when it's the first time, yeah, maybe help them, but if if they're um, not good stewards with what they've had, if... uh, if they spend their money frivolously and then turn around and ask you for the electric bill, that doesn't make any sense. You know, um, so it's sometimes it's time to stop giving. It's time to let others grow up and to be able to be uh, responsible for their own things. And I was telling poor uh, Will here that um, I can't make myself poor enough <laughs> to prop some people up, that sometimes they just have to do it on their own. They have to be poor. They have to decide where to spend their money, how to save their money, what bills to pay, what not to pay. Uh, They have to work extra. They have to pray for it. They have to get their life in line. So name your shepherds who are your protectors and your defenders. So think about that. Who are the people in your life that will stand guard and not let other people mistreat you? So I have several shepherds in my life, several protectors, that will stand between me and others and say, no, not this one. No, not this time. So I need you to go to your shepherds so that your heartstrings aren't always being pulled the wrong way. Now, I want you to think about those that are in your life that you're shepherding. And how can you protect them? And how can you better shepherd them? So here's the challenge. Find a person in your life, a child, teenager, coworker, neighbor, spouse, that is attentive to you and gently guides the, guide them with tenderness, patience, and love to train them to do one task. Repeat this task until they are confident with it. Investment is others. Investment in others is key to a relationship stability. So I took a, a twelve-year-old. Uh, my 12-year-old son, and I made him a list of how to clean the bathroom. Uh, you scrub the toilet, you scrub around the lid, you scrub around the bottom there, you clean the baseboards, you clean the sink, you clean the mirror, you scrub the bathtub, you wipe down the floor, 
you, you polish up the handles. And he was 12. And so I would give him this task every week. And then I would say, are you ready for inspection? And I'd go in and I'd inspect it. And before I came in for inspection, he already had everything polished up. There was rarely anything that I needed to do. Well, when he was 20, almost 21, the boss at his job sent different boys to the bathrooms to clean them. And he was the only one that could clean a bathroom. So even though he was not quite 21 and was not quite old enough to be the the supervisor, he be, he got the supervisor's job because he could clean a bathroom. <laughs> so there's something to be said about training your children. Start at two um, with them just being able to fold washcloths, with just being able to set a table. At three, being able to help you with the laundry, uh, switching it over, putting pulling things out of the dryer. Start little. So by the time... Um, this son was nine. He was fighting me for a weed eater till finally I got him a little baby electric weed eater because he wasn't going to stay out of the yard. If I was out there, he was going to be out there. <laughs> so there's a something about shepherding those little ones under you. So let's look at the next section. Jesus is the door and he is the good shepherd. Then Jesus said to them again, most assuredly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. So what does Jesus describe himself as? The shepherd. And the? Door of the sheep. He's the door. Yes. So were the sheep here a false messiah? And whoever come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Okay, so true sheep will not hear a false messiah. So it's very important that we stay close to our master, that we stay genuine and pure before him, keeping a short account. It says lay up on your bed at night and go through your day and keep a short account. Repent often. Move things out of the way. A lot of times I'll be laying up on my bed at night going through my day and I'll think, okay, I need to go back and apologize. Okay, I need to go back and fix that tomorrow. And that just get keeping a clear conscience. Now you're not going to shipwreck your life. So look, let's look at John 10, 9. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. Look at that. Pasture <clears throat> means that we'll be fed, and we'll be fed with good food that's not going to be false doctrine, that's not going to be toxic. So if we go through the door and are in Jesus – this is the way to heaven. This is the promise. The promise is that we will be able to find the pasture. Yeah, we'll be able to find green pasture. So now let's see. What's the purpose of the thief? Uh, a thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Ha! Huh, that's the same purpose as Satan. So for what purpose did Jesus come? Jesus wants to give life that we might have it more abundantly. Yes, so the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. That's John 10. Dan, that's a beautiful verse. Okay, so what will the good shepherd do for his sheep? A good shepherd will give life to protect his sheep. <laughs> I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Wow. So if you find a protector in your life that's ready to die for you, you found a really good friend. I think I would invest in them. Okay, so what will a person hired to take care of the sheep do when the wolves come? But a... Hireling. Hireling. He who is not the shepherd 
one who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. Hmm. So somebody who's hired to take in but doesn't operate out of love is not going to protect. They're going to let the flock be scattered. So why would that hireling flee? The hiring flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Yeah, he don't care. He's like, this is a paycheck. I'm not dying for this. (laughs) So Jesus is the door to the sheep. The true sheep will not hear the thieves or the robbers. Again, Jesus is the door, and there's a safe pasture in Jesus. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but a true shepherd will lay down his life for his sheep. A hired shepherd will let the flock be scattered and devoured. He will also run when there's trouble. So thoughts to ponder. When the going gets tough, do you run? So maybe sometimes I just need to stand still, particularly if uh, it's a place of safety, a place that the Lord's been leading me to. One way or another. Yep. You either run to God or you run away. Well, there you go. I need to run to the Lord. Good point. Number two. What situation in life do you need steadfast perseverance to continue to move forward? You know, I think I need to be steadier with my daily devotions. I think I need to be steadier with – I mean, I – I, I write on and off throughout the day, maybe 15, 20 hours a week, but do I really sit and feed myself? It seems like when I'm uh, in the Word, I'm getting ready to prepare to feed you. So I think I need to prepare more to feed myself to make sure that there's a flow coming into me, that I'm hearing the verse, voice of the Lord, and that I'm staying close. So let's look at the next one. Tell me how to lay down your life, wants and desires for your loved ones. You know, I think we do this all day long. I think we do this all day long. Um, My one son, he loves to cook. But when he cooks, he dirties every dish in the house. Well, he came home from college, and he wanted to cook dinner for us, but he dirtied every dish and (laughs) every pot and pan in that kitchen. (laughs) And he says, oh, Mom, I'm so sorry. I dirtied all the dishes. And I said, I will do your dishes forever. (laughs) He laughed, and he said, of course you will. Because to me, it was more important that he wanted to cook dinner for me than it was to worry about dirty dishes in the sink. So what's the challenge here? Can you name the things in your life Thieves that have come to kill, steal, and destroy your dreams and destiny? Wow. This is very important to identify. Those that are coming to devour, those that are coming to rob you, to mistreat you with their words, those that will go behind your back and slander you. It's very important to identify those. So Jesus listens carefully to the commands of the Father. He says, my Father loves me. So let's look at John ten fourteen. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I know my own. Okay. So who does Jesus say he is? The good shepherd. You know, this has been a theme throughout this whole chapter, is this good shepherd and laying down his life. Okay, so what's the next one? As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. There it is again. Who does Jesus lay his life down? For the sheep. Okay, so if you're in the sheepfold, he's going to be laying down his life for you. So I want you to think about this. I want you to think about where's my shepherd, where's my protector. There's an umbrella of protection under the authority of the shepherd. But if I move out from authority and I get into rebellion, 
and I want to do it me, myself, and I, and I want to do it my own way, and I want to make it up as I go along, and I want to question um, those that are protecting me and push them away. And yeah, you know, some of that's good so I can find some healthy independence, but some of that's bad if I go too far. So I think there's always a balance. What do you think? Definitely. Definitely. So will there be other sheep not of this fold? Uh, not the Jews. Let's see. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. That was very difficult for the Jews to understand that, that Jesus, that their Father God would be doing a new thing and that he would be bringing other sheep into the fold. Because in the Old Testament, it was very important for them to be pure and for them not to intermarry with others. So this is a whole new thing he's doing by putting it all together. But he promised Abraham that the whole world would find salvation through him. But it was still very difficult for the Jews to understand that. So let's look at John ten seventeen. Therefore, my Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it again. So why does the Father love Jesus? Because I lay down my life. Yeah, he's willing to do whatever it is the Father tells him to do. So as you get up taking care of that baby at night, as you get up um, and go to work and make the paycheck, you are literally laying down your life for your family, for your loved ones, for those that are under you, that you're protecting, that you're shepherding. So make sure that you cons- you're doing all these things to provide and to protect and and to care for, so make sure that your speech matches those actions, that you're always verbally affirming and speaking life into them. So let's look at John ten eighteen. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down my of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. The command I have received from my Father. Yeah, so this is the command that he's received. So he's saying... I have the power to lay down my life, and I have the power to take it up again. So what does Jesus' teaching do? Therefore, there was a division among the Jews because of these sayings. You know, the closer I get to the Lord, the more there's division uh, with those around me. The voices that were telling me what to do that I won't heed to now um, can get angry with me. They can get... Uh, bullish and manipulative and I have to stand my ground and know who I am in Christ and what I will and will not do so Jesus' sheep know him Uh, Jesus lays down his life for his sheep he's known by the Father and other sheep will come along too that are not Jews and he will lay down his life and he will take it up again nobody's going to take his life from him but the New Testament does cause division so let's look at things to ponder is Jesus doing a new thing in your life? Hmm. Maybe it's always been done this one way, but now he's calling you another way. And it's uh, you're wrestling against it because the old way seems comfortable. It seems safe. It seems protective. And uh, But if you don't step into something that is unknown that you feel like God's calling you to, how will you ever know? if it's what God's calling you to. So there are many times in the Bible 
that people just stand on the principles of God's Word to just stand their ground. And then God reveals to them that, yes, that was the right decision. So a lot of times we just have to land in knowing who God is and knowing where He's led us and what He's, what he's said to us. But we have to be in those quiet times long enough to be able to hear that. Where is there division in your life? Mm-hmm. So if there's division in your life, there may be some things that are needing to be cut out of your life, trimmed off, pruned. Mm-hmm. Is it division from the thief or division because of a new thing? Okay, now this causes discernment. This is going to call for discernment. Uh, you're going to have to be able to discern because division could be good, division could be bad. Division could be moving you into another direction. I know that every time we have ever picked up and left a city and taken a new job, there has been um, a, a closing of the doors where we were at, where it became very obvious, and we were not quite comfortable <laughs> like we had been when God's hand was on us. So when we become really uncomfortable in something, we know to start looking for that new thing that God might be doing with us. So let's see what the challenge is. What important goals have you established in this season of your life? Write out three goals. Yeah, I need you to look at your goals. Where's your vision? Where's where are you where are you going? Where are you heading? Where do you think the Holy Spirit's taking you? Because now your unbelief is going to cause deafness, and you're not going to be able to hear your shepherd. So it's very important that each day and every day that you're correcting your unbelief. Okay, so John 10, 20. And many of them said, he has a demon and is mad. Why do you listen to him? Huh. So what are part of the people saying? Huh. He has a demon and is mad. So even Jesus was persecuted and falsely accused for doing good work. John ten twenty one. Others said, "These are not the words of one who has a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of a blind?" So can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Huh? No, a demon cannot open the eyes of the blind. That is the power of Almighty God that he as he's working through the hand of Jesus. Because remember, we've studied and looked at Jesus said, if you don't believe me, believe the works that I'm doing. So what time of the year was it in this chapter? Now it was the Feast of Dedication in Jerusalem, and it was winter. So there are seven feasts, if I remember right, and each one of them is named something different, and it's a phenomenal study if you ever feel led to do that. So let's look at John 10, 23. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Okay. So where was Jesus? In the temple on Solomon's porch. Yeah, this was a porch that was 800 feet long and faced the east side, and it was built by King Solomon. That was King David's son. So what are the Jews asking Jesus? Then the Jews surrounded him and said to him, How long do you keep up, keep us in de- doubt? If you, are a, if you are the Christ, tell us plainly. You know, he didn't spread that rumor that he was the Christ. He <laughs> didn't start it. And he, sometimes he wouldn't validate it. And the ones that he did tell it to were not the ones you would have expected him to tell it to. So let's look at John ten twenty five. What do you say? Jesus answered them, I told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. So he's like, I already told you I was the Messiah. You just don't believe me, so why should I tell you again? So Jesus has already told them. 
and they didn't believe. So remember, if they don't believe, their ears are not, are dull; they're not open. Um, and Jesus doesn't do anything in His own name; He does what the Father tells Him to do. So why do they not believe? But you do not believe because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. Wow. So if you're not in the fold, if you're not yielded and surrendered to Christ, you're not going to hear his voice. Uh, so Jesus was consistently falsely accused. He opened the eyes of the blind. Demons cannot do this. The time of the year was the Feast of Dedication. He was on Solomon's porch. And the people ask him questions, but they were not ready to believe the true answers. So he kind of spun it and kind of did a side answer. He didn't do a direct answer. So Jesus works bear witness of his authority through the Father. And those that do not belong to Jesus cannot hear him. So let's look at some things to ponder. How do you respond when you are personally attacked? <clears throat> okay, so it takes a minute. It takes a minute to understand that if Jesus was persecuted, you're going to be persecuted. And that if you're standing for righteousness, you need to stand still and expect to be persecuted. If you're not being persecuted, you may not be in the right. You may be in the mainstream where everybody else is just going along. So sometimes when you make right decisions, you're going to have to be strong enough to stand up for them. So the next one. How easily can you distract yourself, distance yourself emotionally from toxic people? So no contact's the best if you've got some really toxic people in your life. Move in and out really quickly. Um, give them less access to you if when you get there they're sweet and then within a few minutes they're a bully. Uh, then give them less access. Uh, maybe don't abandon them. Just take somebody with you. <laughs> somebody that's strong enough to protect you. How secure and confident are you in Christ? So this is uh, foundational. Am I secure in Christ that I can um, navigate conflict? I can navigate uncertainty, confusion, uh, dark valleys. Um, I can walk by faith even when I don't see what he's doing. How secure am I? Because, you know, sometimes you can hear the voice of the Lord and you know that you know this is the way God's directing you. And then sometimes there's a whole season of darkness where you just don't hear his voice. You, you just don't know what to do, and there's there's just a darkness that's in your life. But if you'll stand still and secure in the Father, and you keep searching Him, and you keep seeking for Him, and it will come back around, and the light will come, and you will have learned to walk by faith and not by sight. So here's the challenge. If I am following God, I can expect persecution. How can I prepare and practice holding my own peace? Okay, sometimes if I see it coming well, I'm prepared. I see it coming, I've already got my armor on, I'm already ready to deflect it, I'm already ready to keep moving, it's no big deal. But if I don't know it's coming, and it's coming from somebody that's pretending to be a friend, it hurts a little more. And uh, in the Psalms, uh, the Psalmist David talks about one that is my own friend that betrays me. And they say it's prophetic of Judas that he has shared his meal with that comes back and betrays him. So now we want to discuss how Jesus and the Father are one. Who does Jesus know? My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So sheep can recognize the voice, and we can identify true sheep because they keep following the Lord. So it's very important. 
to get up and do the next right thing. If you get wounded and hurt in church, either go back and own your percentage or find another church, but don't um, don't withdraw from from God and from God's fellowship and the people that can help you. Because we're wounded in community, well, but we're also healed in community. So, what's the promise for those that follow Jesus? And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. Nobody shall pluck them out of the hand of the Father. So isn't that wonderful? Nobody, there's the promise. So as life starts knocking you around, as the trials of life come, as there's storms in your life, I want you to know that you have eternal life, that you can seek first the kingdom of God, that you can set your affections on things above, that your eyes don't have to be on this world. Sometimes those trials and tribulations are to teach us to literally just rejoice and and mature emotionally so that we can continue to walk with the Father no matter what. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. There it is again. Nobody, 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 nobody. And I think that means in this life or in the life to come, nobody can take me out of my Father's hands. So who is greater than all? My Father. Yeah. Can anyone snatch the sheep out of the Father's hand? Nobody. Nobody. And who is one with the Father? I am my Father. I and my Father are one. Yes, and that's John 10.30. I and my Father are one. And we're going to find out in John 17, when Jesus prays for us, that he prays that we become one with him and the Father. I mean, what a privilege is that? So let's look at the next one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. So when Jesus said that he and the Father are one, what reaction did he get? (laughs) They took up the stones. Yep, they're like, no, 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 you're not deity. Well, he was, and they were going to condemn it for it. So Jesus asked them, what crime have I done? Jesus answered them, many good works I have shown you from my Father, for which of those works do you stone me? Yeah, so he's saying, okay, is it when I opened the blind? Is it when I healed the lame? Okay, what are you stoning me for? <laughs> it almost is making it ridiculous for them to be stoning him over a few words. So Jesus answered him, saying, for a good work, we do not stone you, but... For blasphemy, and because you, being a man, make yourself God. Hmm. Okay, let's keep going. Is their belief strong enough to feel divinity of God within you, in yourself? Okay. Is your belief strong enough that you feel strength and divinity within yourself so nobody can make you doubt your shepherd? Nobody can make you doubt who your Savior is. So there's one shepherd, there's one fold, the Jew and the Gentiles together. Jewish leaders cannot believe Jesus because they aren't his sheep. Sheep will hear the true shepherd's voice and they will follow him. Now the promise for following Jesus is eternal life, and we are safe in Jesus. And that little word in, I in, is a marvelous study to study in Jesus, in Christ, in fellowship, in oneness, in wholeness with the Holy Spirit. So no one can pluck you out of the hand of the Father. Jesus and the Father are one. The little g for gods are those who hear the word of God. Jesus is the word, and Jesus addresses our unbelief. And those that follow Jesus 
believe. believe. Yes. If God is love, wouldn't the little God in you be love? Yeah, so in 1 John 4, 16, I want you to write that out. John, God is love. Can you move things outside of you that cause your mental or emotional suffering and detach from them easily? Okay, so what do I allow to be internalized? If I'm internalizing my shepherd, well, if I have found God, then I have found love, I'm not going to be internalizing my fear. I'm not going to be operating in fear and fretfulness and anxiety and stress and worry. I'm going to be saying, no, 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 no. I'm going to repent my way out of that. Fret not, because it only leads to evil in Psalms 37, 8. I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to fear. I'm going to walk by faith. So what's the challenge? When we find love, we will find God. What is your attitude? What in your attitude isn't of love and needs corrected? I have just one or two <laughs> all day, every day. I'm, I, yeah, I can, I can feel it. I can feel um, when I'm offended with somebody if I'm looking for it, and then I'll be like, okay, why am I offended with them? What did they do? What did they say? And a lot of times it's my expectations. Well, I expect them to treat me differently, or maybe I'm just a little needy, and they, they're not thinking about me at all. Maybe it's just me being self-centered. So. Yeah, I've got to think about what am I giving power to? Because if I'm walking in the Father, I'm going to be walking in love no matter what. Who in your life is toxic and robs you of the ability to practice love? All right, somebody robbing you of love. Now, if it's this child, I want you to practice love with them. A child is going to be a little sponge and a little mirror. So whatever they're giving you is what you're giving them or what environment that you're allowing them to be. Um, soaked up with. So make sure that you are practicing love with them. So um, when you find people that are toxic in your life, just make sure you put up a boundary, distance a little bit, move in and out, maintain enough time for yourself to find that love of God and land in that safe place for yourself every night. Who in your life is near you that needs your attention or love? Aw. Yeah, sometimes we have people in our life that we're not even thinking about uh, that they need us. So recognizing the Word makes us little gods. How could that be possible, that we are little gods with little Gs? Let's see. Jesus refers to the Old Testament in Psalms 82.6. What is their double standard in this verse? uh, This is John 10.34. Jesus answered them, It is not written in your law. I said, You are gods. Is it? Not oh, written. Is it not written? Yeah, is it not written? You are gods. So he's saying to them, "Is it not written?" Okay, so you know you're you're going to stone me because I say I am my father one. But didn't your own law tell you that you were little gods? Hmm. Okay, so who did the Old Testament psalmist call gods? If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the Scripture cannot be broken. All right, keep going. Do you say of him whom the Father sanctified and sent into the world, you are blaspheming because I said, I am the Son of God? So Jesus is questioning them. He's asking them. He's turning their words back to them. So when should they not believe a man? If I do not, if I do, not do the work of my Father, do not believe me. Mm-hmm. But if I do... Though you do not believe me, 
believe the works. There it is again. That you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. If they cannot believe in him, they should at least believe in the works he does. Then they would know that he could not do these works without the Father being in him. So Jesus keeps addressing their unbelief, unbelief, unbelief. Next one. This is John 10.39. Therefore, they sought again to seize him, but he escaped out of their hand. Yeah, he's the one that lays down his life when it's time. They're not going to be able to take him before it's time. So where'd he go? And he went away again beyond the Jordan to the place where John was baptizing at first, and there he stayed. Okay. So did John the Baptist do any miracles, and what are the believers saying now? Then many came to him and said, John performed no sign, but are these things that John spoke about this man were true? Hmm, All these things. But all these things. Yeah, all these things John said are true. Look at this. We believe John. Shouldn't we believe this guy? Mm Mm-hmm. Did the one who followed him beyond the Jordan believe on him? And many believed in him there. That's John ten forty two. So yes, many believed in him. They understood that he was God. So the Old Testament law believers are described as gods with little g. Now, I, I think that divinity, if there was a divinity in me, it would be love. It would be the Father living in me through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ. So those who the Word of God came to were characterized as little gods. They are calling Jesus a blasphemer and yet holding themselves in high regard through the Old Testament scriptures. So Jesus says that the works testify of him. So let those works guide your belief. So believe that Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in him. Now he consistently escaped every time they tried to lay hands on him. And isn't it wonderful that many did believe? So number one on thoughts to ponder. Do you know and trust your shepherd intimately? Yes. So we were talking today about praying to have the ability to pray like we breathe, spontaneously and without thought, to just pray as we're breathing, that it would just be something so natural. So do you know the voice of your shepherd? And as I have spent years of my life being able to do that, I don't do it so much now because I'm way too busy, but I need to get back to that. But as I look back on the years that I did do that, there would be many times during the day that the Lord would drop uh, a thought into my mind or into my heart and would comfort me and release me from anxiety or from fear or whatever problem was before me, he'd let me know that he had already handled it, that it was just fine, and then I could enjoy my day. Do you know the voice of your shepherd? So as I was learning to do those prayers, I was learning to hear his voice. Hmm. Can you quiet yourself and feel like peace came anytime you are anxious? So I need to have a quiet heart and within me quiet myself that I can find that peace. And any time I can find that peace, I know I found the Lord. So I want you to look up verses that say, in, I in, in Christ, because I found that there are 106 of them. So whatever version you use, just use that version, whichever one speaks to you, and find how we're safe in Christ. So that's it for John 10. We thank you for coming today. We thank you for listening to John. We hope that this ignites your heart to want to study the book of John. 
And I think we're getting into the juiciest, meatiest part of the Bible. John 14 to 17 are my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. And this was Angie Meadows. And this is Will. And we love you.